Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I used to think that this was my town What a stupid thing to think I hear you biting off a brain now I myself am on the brain I used to want to be a real man We're back! The Three Swings. I don't know why we said we're back. I kind of meant it like back to a new episode. This is a new episode of Three Swings! I assume you've just been listening to them constantly and you never stop. So you're like, we're back. So that's just what I'm thinking. I'm Rhea Butcher. I'm your host. This is Three Swings. It's a baseball podcast. Um, It's a a little bit of everything, but mostly baseball focused. Thanks so much for listening to all the episodes and giving all the great feedback. Remember to review, rate, subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever the heck you kids are listening to these things. I usually just go to a website. I don't understand how it's working anymore. I don't like how podcasts work on my phone. I don't understand. You get it. You're listening. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And then follow us on uh, social media, Three Swings Pod on Instagram and on Twitter. I got so many great questions for my new segment, Rosin Bag. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Uh, people are even using the hashtag Rosin Bag. I love it. I love that I didn't call it like call to the pen. Nothing. Nope. Not that. Just straight up Rosin Bag. That's how I do things here. Do things a little bit different. Three swings pod. <laughs> uh, number one, I want to say thanks to everybody that came out to the Vancouver shows at JFL Northwest. Um, our back-to-back show sold out in like a couple hours, and then we were the hot ticket in town. So thanks for that. We really appreciate that. That was a great show. Everyone was wonderful. Can't wait to get back up there and do a show uh, at a theater that has accessible bathrooms. I promise that that will be happening. But we did get to perform at the Rio Theater, which is also a wonderful, wonderful venue that unfortunately is under threat of development right now. So if you live in Vancouver or if you live somewhere else and you feel like uh, supporting um, you know, independent live theaters. I think they play movies and stuff, which is very cool. Um, please, you know, toss them a couple bucks or support them in some way that you can. Um, check them out, the Rio Theater in Vancouver. I also want to mention that my Baltimore and New York uh, slash Brooklyn shows are sold out. So please pick up some tickets uh, to Lancaster or Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, Cincinnati, Grand Rapids, Michigan, St. Louis, or Kansas. Take a road trip. Go to the Negro Leagues Museum. That's in uh, Kansas City. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Come see me. Really excited about it. Can't wait to go on the road. Uh, I think I'm going to go to one baseball game. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Um, and also, I wanted to uh, mention last episode, um, so one of the questions for the rosin bag was, who are some players uh, on and off the field that you like what they do? And I neglected to mention Sean Doolittle and Aaron Dolan's uh, awesome uh I guess activism. I don't know why that's like a bad word now because anything positive (laughs) becomes a bad word. You know, we have to like ruin everything and make people feel guilty for the positive things that they do these days. Um, But the Oakland athletics, I believe in 2014 decided that they were going to have an LGBT night, um, which we may talk about later in this wonderful interview that I have at the end of the podcast uh, with a very special guest. 
they decided to have an LGBT night, and a lot of people got real mad. Some season ticket holders got real mad that they were going to be nice to gay people for one night. <laughs> and they were like, get politics out of my baseball. Anyway, salute the flag. Um, and they got real mad and said they weren't going to go. And so Aaron went on uh, her social media and said, fine, you don't want to go? I will buy all your tickets for that night. And nobody did it. And so instead, they donated money um, and bought a bunch of tickets for an LGBTQ um, youth uh, group and sent them to the game, which is like, how positive, how great is that? To take something super negative and, and quite frankly, just like ridiculous. Like, it's one night. It's one night. It's one, it's one night. You can't just shut up or not go. Let somebody else go. Um, and then they did something positive by showing uh, their love for a community that they know are fans of baseball. So uh, I forgot to mention that. And I also wanted to just give a shout out to Andrew McCutcheon, who is also a great player on and off the field, speaking his mind, telling it like it is. He wrote a wonderful piece a couple seasons ago about the um, lack of specifically black players in the MLB and the reasons why and uh, ways he believes that the MLB could change. And then also I would say Adam Jones from uh, the Baltimore Orioles, who um, has been the most vocal uh, in, in, I guess, the wake of the uh, um, police brutality protests of Colin Kaepernick that he, you know, was basically like, yeah, what's up, baseball? <laughs> when this is very white sport and we need to talk about it. Um, and then he was, uh, you know, pelted, with not only trash, but actual racial slurs in Boston. And then um, there were some apologies. But, uh, you know, the dude's putting up with a lot of shit just to play baseball. Um, and speaking of a dude that put up with a lot of shit, I was talking about Jackie Robinson last episode and his autobiography. And I said that um, I had empathy and understanding uh, for what he went through as a gay person. And I just want to mention that I don't think those things are similar because there are um, black people who are LGBTQ and I don't know what that experience is. So I just want to say that I understand it from a perspective that is outside of that. And I think it's valuable to try to understand and learn. Um, but I also understand that I may have uh, overstepped my bounds there. So if I did, and I think I did, I apologize. Um, so always ready to learn. So let's get into some baseball. Oh boy, this has been the longest off season. I quite frankly have never been much for following the off-season moves and hot stove and all this stuff and then so for this podcast i was like yeah i'll get into it because i'm like into fantasy baseball and moves and boo 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 all this stuff this was a weird off-season to choose to get into this um boy oh boy is it both exciting and super depressing i would say that uh the image that most captures my feelings about uh, not only, you know, World Series chances, um, but also how the offseason has felt is that moment that Lucas Duda stood in front of the photo of Eric Hosmer sliding into home during the World Series after his bad throw, Lucas Duda's bad throw <laughs> to home in his Royals hat. Uh, that moment, um, if you look it up, I think there's some video of it, of him just like, having to lean in to this photo of like the moment basically that they lost the World Series, uh, which also happened to be on his shoulders a little bit. That's how I feel. It me, as the kids like to say. Um, so Lucas Duda has gone to the Royals essentially to replace Eric Hosmer. Uh, he hits well. I picked him up a uh, for a bit uh, from the Mets. He carried me a couple weeks. So I think that's a good fit. He does seem like a, a Royals kind of a player. Adrian Gonzalez is slotting in for the Mets. I feel like 
I guess Adrian Gonzalez is a good fit at the Mets. Mets, what are you doing? I also, I just feel bad for David Wright at this point. What a great player. He's out for two more months with uh, back problems. A lot of people are yelling, he should retire. He should just quit. Um, And my pal uh, from This Week in Baseball uh, said, (laughs) sure, he should just gift the team $47 million and quit playing the uh, game that he loves so much. Like, yeah, I I kept thinking that too. Like, oh, I guess it's time for David Wright to retire, which is, is true. But like, yeah. He let the dude collect his money. Come on. What is this? We're supposed to just give money back to these billion dollars. Whatever. <sighs> anyway, I'm just screaming. I'm, I'm, uh, I can't think of the reference. It doesn't matter. Norma Ray. I'm holding up a sign. Union. Anyway. So some more changes, some more moves. This is a little bit late because quite frankly, I got sick of talking about it. Uh, JD Martinez, as you know, has gone to the Red Sox. Um, he's signed with Boston to a five-year deal worth $110 million. That figure is complicated by the presence of two opt-outs, one after year two and the second after year three. Um, most of his money is front-loaded and it turns into a two-year $50 million guarantee uh, before he can try his luck on the open market. Again, this works like really well for Boston. I'm not totally sure why. I don't want to get overloaded with financial stuff. I really, I'm just really looking forward to this season starting. Been watching some uh, spring training. Really looking forward to actual baseball that I can talk about as opposed to numbers on a spreadsheet. Uh, this is interesting to me, but not as much as the actual game. Um, so, I mean, Boston has a really overloaded outfield. Obviously, J.D. Martinez hits very well. He's going to be an asset, but I'm just curious. I'm curious because I think, I mean, I just don't understand. <laughs> they have a lot of outfielders and Dustin Pedroia has a lot of knee problems. He has a lot of health problems at this point. Might be nice to back it up a little bit, but I, whatever. Hey, I'm not running the show. Except when I'm playing the show on PlayStation 4. Please send me the new... (laughs) I'm just begging for free shit. Um, And then Lance Lynn has gone to the Twins uh, for a one-year $12 million contract. Um, That definitely gives them a boost in their rotation, which had a uh, 4.59 ERA in 2017. He missed the 2016 season uh, recovering from Tommy John's surgery, and then... He went 11-8 and eight with a 3.43 ERA in 33 st- starts for St. Louis last year. I picked him up quite a few times. That was his uh, first uh, his first full season in the majors was in 2012, and he was an all-star then. He was also the 39th overall draft pick in 20- 2008. Good Lord, what's happening to me? Uh, by the Cardinals out of Mississippi. I think this is a good pick for the Twins. They definitely needed to bolster their rotation. Um, Jose Barrios is maybe an ace in the making. He's a little up and down. Um, And then Irvin Santana, basically the same thing. He doesn't really have uh, any fire. He's a bit of a Jason Vargas kind of a thing. Those guys were neck and neck for the first half in terms of, you know, basement ERA. But then you get to the second half. Ooh, boy, watch out. Once they figure out, once they figure out your uh, rotation and your pitch selection, oh boy, teeing off. So good to have Lance Lynn. He's kind of like the big bulky dude. And speaking of big bulky dudes, Jake Arrieta finally for crying out loud. Good Lord. He's going to Philadelphia. Interesting. Me and Kendra James really thought he was going to Texas. I, you know, the more I think about this, well, number one, 
I personally was excited about the Phillies. My my pal and base buddy, Paul F. Tompkins, is a Phillies fan. Um, and I'm really excited for him to have a team that might win some games, which is real fun. Um, but I can't I don't feel too bad for you guys. You just won a World Series. It wasn't even that long ago. So I don't feel too bad. Um, but you know, you just picked up Carlos Santana, which moves Reese Hoskins to left field. Um, also, you've got Aaron Nola in your rotation. I think I mean, Phillies are obviously going for something, trying to win now as opposed to later. Um, Jake Arietta agrees to a three-year, $75 million deal with his new team. He settled for a deal with the Phillies that includes an opt-out clause after the 2019 season, but could ultimately be worth as much as $135 million over five seasons if he stays the whole time. I was scrubbing the internet because I thought, like, when this news came out, I thought that there was, that the Cubs offered him essentially you Darvish's deal and he turned it down. I am curious why he wouldn't just stay with the Cubs. It is weird. Like a couple years ago, 2015, he was saying he was a Cub for life. Curious what's going on there. I mean, quite frankly, I don't care what Jake Arrieta wants to do. He thinks I'm a liberal elite and he says I should beat it. He'll help me pack. So whatever. I don't really care. Um, Kind of bums me out because I was like really excited to cheer for Philly this year, which is weird growing up watching Atlanta, but whatever. These things change. We're human beings and we evolve. So the saddest, I feel like the saddest story of the offseason is Mike Moustakis. He agreed to a one-year deal with the Royals and he'll make $5.5 million. Now, I understand what this feels like when I'm like, oh, I feel sad for a guy making $5.5 million. But Then when you look at the scheme of the whole thing, I mean, there was a report that he turned down uh, a $45 million deal from the Angels right before they went for Zach Cozart, which honestly, if we're looking at stats and performance, I think Zach Cozart, if he can stay healthy, was actually a better pick, even though he's moving from shortstop to third base. And Moustakis is a third baseman. I think Cozart is the better pick, personally. But Moustakis, like, he also had a 17.4... I mean, he his qualifying offer was from the Royals, and he turned it down. And now he's gone back to the Royals for... Less than half of that. It's super, just it's super depressing um, in terms of the the market for players. If you want to get into a very deep dive and very good explanation of why it's so bad, um, check out on MLB uh, NBC Sports. Um, Craig Calcutta. I've only ever read it. I feel like Marge Simpson when she's like, "Run like the wind." Um, I've never heard his name pronounced out loud, but he is a wonderful baseball follow. Please follow him on Twitter. He's a wonderful, wonderful Twitterer, uh, fellow West Virginian. I claim West Virginian by one side, but uh, Hey, they were from, my family is from West Virginia. So it's West Virginia. Uh, he's from there. Great baseball writer, wonderful Twitter person. Um, check out that article. Cause it really breaks everything down. Like, uh, essentially the system that has created what Craig says, a big, big downward escalator on salaries and opportunities for guys like Mike Moustakis. And he breaks it down with the luxury tax, the qualifying offer, revenue sharing, the amateur salary cap, and the international salary cap. These are all things that the Players Association agreed to, and it's confusing why they did, because it definitely isn't protecting the players. And... Again, I know it seems like cognitive dissonance to be like, these millionaires are sad. 
They're spending their entire life doing this and giving their entire life to it. Also, these companies and teams are making billions of dollars off of them. It's kind of like that same argument with the NCAA where uh, basketball players, football players, all these uh, athletes, and we're really talking about the male ones, unfortunately, aren't allowed to get any sort of compensation whatsoever playing sports. And people are like, yeah, but they get a free education. Well, okay, but the colleges are making billions of dollars and the, the, the offices of these teams are making so much money off of these players. They should be getting some kind of compensation because it's absolutely ridiculous. They're making them so much money compared to even just the uh, you know, tuition of a college. It's insane. Uh, and if you need more proof of that, watch the 30 for 30 about the Fab Five, which is the basketball team uh, for the University of Michigan, which honestly is the team that sort of created this, uh, you know, like college sports moment that we're in now that people even really kind of give a shit about college sports to the degree that they do these days. Um, so anyway, check those out. These are my thoughts. I don't know about these moves. I, th- I feel like Lance Lynn is maybe is maybe the best one. I'm real curious to see if Jake Arrieta comes out real hard for the Phillies. I feel like maybe he wanted to go somewhere where he felt like he was the dude instead of being behind John Lester. I mean, I don't know. I feel like Chicago really loved that dude. Like, really loved that dude. There was a lot of Arietta jerseys in the crowd. Um, but we'll see. I, I don't know. I mean... I'm just, I mean, I'm glad that Mike Moustakis is playing baseball this season, but it doesn't seem like he got the best deal that's ever existed. And J.D. Martinez is going to hit a lot of baseballs. And we'll be right back with my thoughts on the Astros going to the White House and a little more rosin bag. I've heard enough of the white man's blues. I've sang enough about myself. So if you're looking for some bad news, you can find it somewhere else. Last year was the son of a bitch For nearly everyone we know But I ain't fighting with you down in the ditch Alright, we're back. I'm going to talk about a couple things right now. Thanks again for listening to Three Swings. I'm so happy you're here. Thanks for getting in your seats and ordering some nachos. I think that's my favorite thing to get at the ballpark these days. There's not really... Uh, Dodger Stadium does have a good veggie dog. I hate when stadiums... Look, I shouldn't complain. If they have literally anything that I can eat, I should be happy. I understand this. But Cleveland uh, Progressive Stadium. That's a hilarious name for that team. Um, I still call it Jacobs Field, personally, because Progressive doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's an insurance company. Which has the largest modern art collection in Ohio. Did you know that? There you go. I've seen it. I've looked at Warhols over people drinking coffee on their coffee breaks. Um, my favorite, I think, is nachos. Uh, Cleveland Stadium, uh, which is the old stadium, doesn't have... All they have is, like, very spicy veggie dogs. I don't like that. Why is my only choice something that's burning my mouth off? I don't want that. I just want a hot dog. Also, people like to be like, ew, what's in a veggie hot dog? Like, way better stuff that's in a regular hot dog. What's wrong with you? I mean, no offense, but you started it. Come at me about my veggie dog. Like, what? I'm going to give you some shit, which is probably in a real hot dog. Anyway. So the Astros yesterday, uh, which is really two days ago. Today is Tuesday, but it's really Wednesday. (laughs) The Astros visited the White House, and that is the only day that I was happy that my team didn't win the World Series. I was just like walking on air like, oh, great. I don't have to see that. 
I feel like a lot of the Dodgers would have gone. So I'm not I'm not under any pretense that like all my favorite guys would have not gone. I feel like maybe Puig wouldn't have gone. That's probably it. <laughs> That's probably the beginning and the end of that. Maybe Kenley? Probably. Blame it on his hamstring? Not sure. Also not excited about uh the best closer in the game having a hamstring injury in spring training, but I'm sure it'll be fine. Um Verlander is apparently uh, Trump's golf buddy, so it looks like I'm not going to be picking that guy up for any of my starting rotation. <sighs> I I think next week I'm going to do a Twitter poll and see what you all think for your drafts and stuff. I'm in two fantasy leagues. Brett has joined one of them, so this is going to be a real fun. Producer Brett and me versus each other a lot. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have to have a new segment I tell me names that you think is going to be. I'll come up with something ridiculous that's boring and fun. That is maybe a pun, maybe not a pun. I don't know. But I'm really excited about fantasy baseball. Not looking forward to the draft. Who do I? I it, Altuve? Trout? Votto? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to go for pitching. I'm not going to go for pitching. I'm not going to do it. Lindor? No. Not first. No. I don't know. He's up there for... Short stops, obviously. I'm stressed. You can hear it in my voice. Anyway, so <laughs> Justin Verlander is a Trump golf buddy. He was really excited to shake that dude's hand. I didn't watch the whole thing because, quite honestly, I just couldn't do it. Um, I know that it's supposed to, you know, like, they're just, it used to be a non-entity, like these teams going to the White House, but, like, um, this presidency is a television show, so everything means something, and uh, I just... It, it, it's <laughs> so Carlos Beltran and Carlos Correa both stayed home. Beltran said that it was because he's retired. But I mean, look, I believe the guy. I'm not. I don't want to like put words in somebody else's mouth. But he was also very uh, unhappy about the United States uh, response to Puerto Rico and continued non-response to Puerto Rico. So I can't imagine that that helped. I wouldn't imagine him wanting to go talk to the dude who was, like, tossing paper towels to people. Um, and then I think Carlos Correa, who's a younger player, um, maybe was taking the lead from Beltran or maybe just didn't want to go on his own. I don't know. Um, it's kind of like the people that don't go don't really say why, and they just leave the not going as the statement, which I think is valuable. Um, because Jose Altuve went, um, and I think a lot of people didn't want him to go, and someone asked me on Twitter, uh, which I'll get to, but uh, I mean, he just, well, the quote president skipped him, didn't even shake his hand, which I'm still trying to figure out why. Like, did he do it because he doesn't like short guys? Like, I honestly, like, I would not put that past him to be a reason why. Like, ugh, you're small. <laughs> and just be like disgustingly judgmental because he seems like such a shallow person um, that he would just be like, what are you, the ball boy? And like, move on. Um, no, he's the, he's the AL MVP. Um, and, but somebody asked me, um, uh, Josh B. Levesque on Twitter, uh, as said, do you think Altu Altuve deserves to be lauded for how he acted on the visit? I feel like skipping it altogether would have made a bigger statement, but maybe since he was the MVP, there was more pressure for him to be there. I think Josh is totally right. I originally was like nothing but respect for Altuve, which I do still feel because he's a human being and I think he's a nice person. Everything I've ever seen about him, he seems like a kind, friendly, like, I happy-go-lucky almost. Like, he's just, like, 
excited to be alive. Like, he just seems like one of those people that's just, like, joyous all the time. Like, everything is exciting and fun, and he is a glass totally full kind of a person. Um, and I feel like sometimes um, when you're that kind of a person, you maybe just, like, really can't see all the negativity, and you're like, well, I don't know. And, I mean, I again, I don't want to put thoughts into somebody else's... Uh, or words into somebody else's mouth, but I feel like maybe he needed to go to see for real how bad it was. I don't know. Um, and yeah, the MVP thing probably did have something to do with it. Maybe Justin Verlander was like, no, you should go. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know that it was necessarily sinister, and I don't begrudge him specifically for going, because I just kind of honestly feel like he didn't realize like how bad of a situation it was. I don't know. Um, I don't think he's like... I just think... It's easy to not see things. It, it it really is. It's it's easy for everybody. That's why when people talk about privilege and everybody gets so angry about it, because number one, because they have it. <laughs> if you get angry about somebody saying like, "Yeah, you have privilege," then that's your privilege getting angry. But um, that's the thing is like everybody, every human being has some blind spot, you know. And because everybody has a blind spot, everybody has something that they're not valued for you know like b both things are true like matter is neither created or or destroyed like all these things exist uh you can have privilege and non-privilege exist in the same human being in fact it does in everyone so sometimes your privilege which might be small can become big and create this big blind spot to where you just don't see and you go like oh it's the president i should just do this because this is what you do in america and like Maybe that's what happened. I don't know. Um, I'm not sure that he needs to be, like, lauded for going, because th maybe the people that are excited that he went aren't, you know, we, we maybe don't all agree. Um, I'm curious to see what happens in the days after and, like, what comments he has, if any. Um, I'm curious about that. I will say that seeing Yuli Gurriel at the podium was peak 2017. I can't stand that person. There's just nothing about that guy that I like. That is a baseball player that I cannot stand. Oof. I just... Yikes. Ugh. Bleh. Whatever. Bleh. The whole White House thing. I mean, I do not... Like, look, this is going to be a very strong statement. I am not a huge Golden State Warriors fan. You can understand why. I'm from Akron, Ohio. Every time I say anything about being from Akron by some around someone that's from... The Bay, they get very mad at me. <laughs> can't help where I'm from, you guys. I can't help it. Uh, not a huge Warriors fan, because they beat up on my team all the time. But, hey, I was very stoked that they didn't go. And we're having that conversation, obviously. Um, and then, you know, like, Steph's sort of mild outspokenness is cool. LeBron James is more outspoken. Whatever. <laughs> So let's go into some more Rosenbag questions, and then I'm going to talk about another little Twitter issue after that. Um, let's see. Mr. Sly Guy in Disguise asked me this one last episode, and I didn't get to it, but I really wanted to. Can Chris Taylor do it again? Absolutely. I think that if he takes the same approach that he did last season, he will do the same thing. He's already stealing bases, already getting on base in uh, spring training. Also... Very interesting one-two punch of Chris Taylor followed by Andrew Tolls. Not sure that they're going to really be doing that in the regular season. Curious to see where Andrew Tolls slots in. 
They got a lot of outfield. They're the Red Sox of the NL West. Um, curious to see what happens there. There's also the possibility of Chris Taylor playing short for Corey Seager because he's only just now getting on the field. He's been like DHing and hitting and stuff. Curious to see how that shoulder rehab turns out. Um, but I absolutely think Chris Taylor's going to do it again because what he was doing was very like just it, it wasn't it's fly ball revolution for sure, but also a lot of uh, just getting on base, working a walk. Uh, a lot of stealing bases, just run production, basically. So if you keep doing that, he's going to keep doing that, and it'll work. Um, I don't think it's the same as somebody like maybe Yonder Alonso, who was taking the fly ball approach to hit home runs. Um, Billy Ripken does not believe in this fly ball revolution. I was watching a bunch of MLB Top 100 right now, and uh, Francisco Lindor went from, I think, 12 home runs in 2016 to 33 last season. And, uh, you know, his launch angle has gone way up. And Billy Ripken was screaming at the host that his launch angle went up because he had all these home runs. And it's like, yeah, he's going for a higher launch angle to hit more home runs. What the hell? They all, it's all, whatever. Whatever, Billy Ripken. <laughs> I can't believe Billy Ripken has that job and I don't. This is ridiculous. All right, moving on. <laughs> Let's see. Who else? Oh, this this was another one that I wanted to get to from at pronounced fight. If you could instantly magically acquire any new skill as a baseball player, what would it be and why? Now, you might think that I would want to hit better. Absolutely not. I mean, I do want to hit better, but that's not the skill that I want to acquire because I've been working on it. And quite frankly, uh, one of my fellow baseball players in my baseball league said at the scrimmage last week that I'm hitting a lot better. What have I been doing? So. I can work on hitting because I'm good at hitting if I work on it. Just got to keep that head down. Keep my eye on the ball. Very difficult to do. Don't drop my shoulder. The problem is I already have a drop shoulder. I can't keep it up. It's difficult, but I get hits. Get on base. That's all you got to do. If I could acquire any baseball skill, it would be to make an accurate throw every time. I get the yips, as Brett likes to call it. Um, mostly, I, I imagine my dad yelling at me every time I throw the ball. I think it's something, it just gets in there and I feel like everybody's watching me and then I don't throw the ball because I didn't get training as a, a little leaguer or anything like that. So I don't have that muscle memory that a lot of people that I'm playing with have. And so I can't go back to that. I don't have anything to go back to. And then my throw is always off. Not always off. I can throw the ball. I can make the throw. It's just that then I get in my head and a lot of it is social. A lot of it is cultural. A lot of it is just not having the training. So if I could acquire any new skill, it would to be make an accurate throw every time or not have the yips, either one, whichever one works. Um, so let's see. And then we had uh, Josh B. Levesque ask me another question. Uh, do you think the Phillies will become a valid contender and win while they have Jake or will he uh, bail in two years for more money, assuming his numbers stay up for two more seasons? You know what? That's a very good question. I mean, I think that the Phillies will become a valid contender. Uh, I think they're going to maybe take more games from the Nationals than they than they did. They will win some more games, uh, for sure. They were very productive offensively in the last season with Reese Hoskins coming up and basically crushing a home run every game for like three or four weeks, basically. Um, I, do, I think they've... We'll see. I think it's all in chemistry at this point. Like, the numbers are there. On paper, they look good. Um, but then, you know, they have a lot of competition, although not in Miami. Sorry. Um, so we'll see. I, I think they'll definitely do better than the Mets, 
who have arguably a better rotation than they do. Um, but we'll see. I, I can't, I don't, I don't know. And then the Jake bailing in two years, there's definitely a world where I could see him going back to Chicago, you know, um, to just be like, yeah, I'm going to end it here, which would be a silly thing, but I wouldn't put it past the guy. Um, so that those are my thoughts. Now, the last thing that I want to talk about is something that happened on Twitter uh, on Friday, last Friday, <clears throat> which is Josh Donaldson got on Twitter. And as you know from the last episode, I've been reading Stacey May Fowles' book. Um, uh, wow, now I'm blanking on the title of the book. Uh, Baseball Life Advice. Good gravy. Um, and she is a huge Toronto Blue Jays fan. And I ran into some other Blue Jays fans after my, one of my shows in Vancouver and we talked about this for a minute, and they referred to him by Stacey May Fowles' loving uh, nickname for him, which is Trash Boyfriend, uh, <laughs> that uh, Josh Donaldson got on Twitter. And, you know, it's just actually quite lovely to run into baseball fans that fall on the side of the same thing as me. Because, like, it's rare. It's, actually, it's not as rare now because I have this podcast and I've been talking about baseball a lot. It's actually really rad to be finding this community of people that are like, yeah, we love this thing that kind of hates us. Um, and then we just like make up nicknames for these people because, uh, that's the only way we can deal with it. Um, but Josh Donaldson got on Twitter on inter international women's day. And he said in his original tweet, I had it pulled up and now it's gone. Um, he tweeted at like barstool sports that, Next year, international to the to the effect of International Women's Day is on Saturday, so they're going to have to move it because Saturdays are for the boys or whatever, which I didn't even know was a thing. Because <sighs> I didn't know that was a th I didn't even know about that whole dumb. No, it's not dumb. Sorry, I didn't know about that whole silly thing. Saturdays are for the boys. There's an Instagram. Chris Taylor has an Instagram that he does not use very much, but I do follow him on. And he took a picture of his stirrups and said, stirrups are for the boys. And I was like, what does this mean? And I just let it go. And now, oh, it's all coming back. I feel like I'm in memento and going like, oh, shit. <laughs> um, and then he got into some Twitter sort of uh, conversations with some people that were like, this is a shitty thing to say on International Women's Day. And uh, he was like, I'm not trying to offend you. If you were, I'm sorry, which, God damn it. I hate that. Like, dude, come on. Uh, just say I'm sorry or whatever. And then this person, uh, Jashvina Shah, uh, who is on Twitter as Ice Hockey Stick, was like, I'm not offended, but that website and that slogan is sexist and the website and its fans have a history of stalking and terrorizing minorities. Woo-woo! Yeah! Bring it, Ice Hockey Stick. And then Josh Donaldson said, if Saturdays are for the boys is sexiest, then wouldn't International Women's Day be in the same boat? No question mark. I look at SAFTB as a day where dudes get together and hang out, not anything against women. Please explain why you feel different. I don't believe she did. And good for her. <laughs> I really hate the please explain why you feel different. What's actually interesting to me is... Uh, Josh kind of explains his own question in this uh, tweet response. Um, like, International Women's Day is actually about a lot more than women getting together and hanging out. But here's the thing. You can't ever take anything out of context. And like, look, I don't care if you have Saturdays or for the boys. I don't fully understand 
the context of the barstool conversation. I know it's not great. I've never really seen anything positive coming out of there. Also, I don't want to start a fight with some other thing. I really don't, which is why I don't know this stuff. Because sometimes I'm like, do I need to know this? No, I'm going to save my brain space for some positive stuff to try to move forward and just leave people to have their stuff. I don't support anybody being shitty and stalking and any of that stuff. If that's happening, I, I'm not into it and I don't like it. Um, I also sometimes just don't want to wander into other people's spaces and then get beat up for it. So that's kind of why I've, I'm like, you know what? I'll just stay over here. Um, but again, like, it's just, did you have, did he have to say that that day? Like, that's a thing, like, just DM about that. Like, you obviously did it publicly because you thought people were going to like it. And you wanted the attention for it. And, like, International Women's Day is about a lot more than women getting together and hanging out. <laughs> it's about literally one day of the year when we talk about issues relating to uh, women and non-binary people who, in the culture of the world, tend to be discriminated against at best. <laughs> at least, you know, like... You're a baseball player and like your one day that you refer to is being threatened by having an International Women's Day. Like, holy shit, that's very fragile. And also the context of Saturdays are for the boys is like, it's just, ugh, it's just like an old boys club. I mean, if you get, I don't know how to explain it to people that don't understand it at this point. Like if you're clearly not paying attention to anything. Um, it bothers people when there's an LGBT night and yet Saturdays are for the boys. Like, okay. I mean, I just don't know what to tell you. And also within the context of International Women's Day, I, I guess the other thing that I would say ultimately is like, and this jumping to say this person was offended, she was saying something very metered and like, hey, uh, this is just like not, this is really shitty timing. All of this is really shitty timing. And then... Josh Donaldson, like, jumping to be like, ooh, you're triggered, uh, uh, basically, is like, come on. And also, like, did you think maybe she was a fan? You probably didn't, because it doesn't occur to you that a woman online would be a fan of yours. <laughs> and, like, I think that is also the context that all of this is happening in, which is what all of us are talking about. Like, I don't think anybody wants special treatment when they go to a baseball game or a hockey game or like any men's professional sport. Cause I've gone to a lot of women's professional sports and you know what? I get treated like a human being. And that's what I like about going to women's sports. And not only that, I like watching women play sports. I like women's hockey. I was watching uh Canadian women's hockey league hockey at the airport in Vancouver. I, I was like, I'm moving here. <laughs> There's women on the television right now, and it's a Saturday. They know they have their priorities straight. But like when I go to a women's sporting event, which tend to be more inclusive on the field or playing apparatus of more than just cis women on the field and in the stands, I go and I don't feel worried about what's going to happen. And our guest, our special guest and I get into this a lot more in our interview that's coming up after this. I would love for some pr more profession male professional athletes to go to women's sporting events and actually pay attention to that. Not just what's on the field or on the court or on the ice or whatever. Like, actually just pay attention to the stands. 
Because like Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union go to a lot of WNBA games, and that's awesome. I love that they go. They post a lot of photos. It's very cool. A lot of dudes go to... But a lot of that stuff was during the Olympics. I would love to see male professional athletes, especially in baseball. There's a national women's team, and like there's tryouts that are happening in Florida, and I, I there's the Trailblazer series that's happening uh, April f- uh, 12th through the 16th in Los Angeles, which I went to last year and was wonderful. And you should go to this year if you can. I'm not, I'm going to be getting back and I'm going to try to go to the last day. I hope there are games on the last day. Um, my friend Justine Siegel started that. Like they should be going to that and like paying attention to not just what's happening on the field, but what's happening in the stands. It is a different experience for a lot of us. And like, that's all we're talking about is like, it's just rude. It's just rude on a one day a year that we've decided as a globe that is round, not flat, that like we're going to talk about stuff, we're going to promote women and we're going to talk about women's issues and we're going to be positive towards women. We're going to take literally 24 hours. And you just can't. You just can't do it. You just can't leave well enough alone. You just can't do it. You have all the Saturdays. You have 52 Saturdays or however many Saturdays are in a year. I don't understand math. Not because of my gender or non-gender, but just because I don't give a shit. You have all these Saturdays, plus all you play in the Major League Baseball where women are allowed to play. How about just that? How about just that? How about just that alone? Women aren't allowed to play in the league that you play in. You couldn't just keep your mouth shut for just one, just one, just one, just one 24 hours, just one 24 hours. Ah, anyway. I guess that's it. Like, there are many times that I feel like I could, you know, poke my nose in and go, you know, also, but I don't. I don't because I've learned to shut up every now and then. Every now and then, just listen. Or if you don't want to listen, just walk away. Go do something else. Pet your dog. Look at the sky. Get a coffee. I don't know. If you don't have anything positive to say, don't say anything. Uh Uh-huh. All right. (laughs) Those are my thoughts. Next week, I promise I'm going to talk fantasy baseball because my draft is on the 19th for one league and then uh, the 20th, I think, for the other league. I'm not sure. Or maybe it's 18th and 19th. I'm getting very scared. This time I won't be um, pulled over on the side of the road with my phone putting the internet into my laptop (laughs) so I can draft Jose Ramirez and have my friend go, did you really mean to draft Jose Ramirez in the fifth round? And I was like, yes. Turned out to be a good draft, obviously, but it did seem weird at the time. Um, yes, I'm looking forward to that. We'll talk fantasy drafts next time. But coming up is a wonderful interview with one of my favorite humans on the planet. We'll be right back. I know you're tired and you ain't sleeping well. Uninspired, likely man as hell. But wherever you You know, I was just in Vancouver over the weekend, and I packed one bag, and do you know what it was full of? Tomboy X underwear. That's true. My whole life is Tomboy X underwear, because for the first time, I found underwear that truly fits me in color, in size, in everything. I love their underwear. You've heard me say this many times, but I'm not going to stop saying it, because it's a product that fits me as a human being. And I like that about them. They're also a wonderful company that does wonderful things for our community. 
outreach. They have all kinds of models ranging in all kinds of gender and size. I love it. I love it. I love it. They're intersectional underwear. <laughs> that sounds complicated. The underwear itself is not intersectional in that it is sort of like, you understand, it's the company is intersectional. I love all of their underwear. They have so many different types, so many different kinds, so many different colors, so many different patterns. They have every option comes in extra small to 4X. You can fit you. They have racerback bras, soft bras, trunks and boy shorts, boxer briefs, briefs and now bikinis. They even have swimwear. You got to check it out. So regardless of where you fall on the size or gender spectrum, Tomboy X offers amazing underwear that anybody feels comfortable in. You get it? Anybody? I like that joke. That's a good one. That fits right in my pun heart. You understand? Go to TomboyX.com baseball and check out their special bundles and pack pricing. And three swings listeners get an extra 15% off with code baseball. Again, code baseball, not softball, for an extra 15% off. Ditch whatever you're wearing for a pair of Tomboy X underwear right now. Go to TomboyX.com slash Baseball. You'll love it. I know you're tired and you ain't sleeping well. Hello, Three Swings listeners. This is Rhea. We're back with an interview. I'm so stoked to have gotten this next guest. I can't believe they had time in their schedule to fit in our podcast, but they did. Please welcome my favorite comedian on the planet, Cameron Esposito. Yay. <laughs> How are you doing, Cameron? Oh, I'm actually like a little bit stressed. Honestly. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm sorry about that. No, that's okay. You're doing a great job of helping me with my stress. Oh, that's Last good. Night you gave me like a long talk about how I should like deal with my stress outside of our household and I stuff. Understand, and yeah. It was very effective. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm glad to. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. I'm glad to have helped you a little bit. You know, it's just everybody needs a third base coach. You understand? Hitting coach, pitching coach. Yeah. Um, the third base coach is says stay or run in right and you're always <laughs> right. trying to tell me to stay yeah yeah and i'm like but i have I to run in <laughs> yeah i have and to. i'm like it's a pitching change there's the ball is not in play literally you no reason. Go right i'm now. just like can i just go but touch i just want to go play and come home. back yeah no that's gonna be irrelevant they might get mad <laughs> don't do that <laughs> um so yeah i just wanted to have you on to talk about baseball because i feel like baseball is something we kind of both got into almost at the same time. It was something that I was into before. And then I started getting back into it and you started getting into it with me. And I just think that's a fun little experience that we had together. Um, And it seems to me that we started getting into it on the road playing catch together. Do you think that's the beginning of it? Well, when your grandmother passed away, you just Mm -hmm. started watching a lot more baseball in our house. And I had grown up with my dad watching the Cubs, but, you know... TVs were small. <laughs> right. And also... Um, you mean like the size of a phone? Right. Well, like a TV... So even if you had like a big set, the actual <laughs> like the actual, screen yeah. would be like a tenth of the size of the set. But the equipment took up a lot of space. Yes. You know? <laughs> and then also, um, you know, the resolution was not great. Sure. And, and I didn't grow up playing baseball. I grew up playing softball. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really understand like what I was supposed to be following. I know sure. they're similar sports, but like... But not the same. Not the right? same. Yeah. And um, and did you... Can I ask you this about playing softball? Number one, how long did you play softball? And number two, did you want to play softball? Or was it a sport that you just kind of played because it was... People were playing it. Well, where I grew up, when I grew up, mm-hmm. so like I was born in 81, and women playing sports was... 
like because of Title IX, yeah. I feel like we were really the first generation where um, it was a huge part of our childhood. And then mm -hmm. in the neighborhood that I grew up, this is where we're a little bit different. Just a little. I organized sports was a thing. So like you played for the park district, you played for your school, you played um, CYO. Yeah. And like in the summer, um, it was just like how you spent your time versus you were kind of like freely roaming the streets. <laughs> I was a little feral. I mean, <laughs> like, we had that's a, how you got to have a childhood. Like the, the neighborhood that I grew up in had organized sports, but it just wasn't quite as uh, emphasized, I guess. Or I mean, it, I don't want to say it wasn't community based, but it, it's just slightly different than what you're talking about. Well, I can't even we're describe also talking it. about like an income difference. In yeah, our, we're in talking about like suburbs versus like more uh, slightly city neighborhood like factory based right. <laughs> original neighborhood what right. was where i grew up so where i grew up um you were just you were just even though like my family was actually not at the income level of everybody in our community mm -hmm. we were a little bit below where everybody else was we the thing to do was to like play community sports and right. so that was like all you did as a child and and women did that too for my generation like the first, even my sister, who's three years older than me, like didn't play as many team sports as I did growing yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, that makes total sense. So to I me. played like volleyball, which I was terrible at, <laughs> basketball, which I was pretty good at, soccer, which I was good at, and then I swam, and then I also played softball. Yeah. But I played softball probably the shortest, like till till I was, you know, maybe in eighth grade. Okay. Um. So what positions did you play when you played softball? Mm, God, I don't even remember. I mean, it's funny because I... Maybe second? I remember we started uh, playing catch and like... I noticed I, I we started having this same conversation about your past with baseball slash softball and you couldn't remember what position you played. But then I noticed the way your feet were every time you caught the ball. And I was like, did you play first base a lot? And you're like, yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Because <laughs> every yeah. time you catch the ball, you stand like you're at first base. Hmm. Um, and the way you put your glove out is very like first base. Well, before before we were playing catch, I had never I had also never played with I'd never played catch with the baseball because right. I just played catch with a softball with my dad when I, when I was growing up. That was also a big part of my relationship with my dad was yeah. that um, my older sister is like a not she's an a, she's, a, an, she's athlete. an athlete but a she's a dancer kind. um but she is not into sports um and so i was into sports and then my dad had no sons mm -hmm. and where i grew up like dads and sons were supposed sure. to play sports together you mean in the world yeah. where you grew yeah, up, yeah, I grew up in, in the, the world, world. <laughs> uh but there was no son but he did have like this lesbian daughter so right, right. she was uh into all that stuff and so i played a lot of catch with my dad when i was growing up but i just never used a small i never mm -hmm. used a baseball and also softball is like very much a chicago sport in a way that it maybe isn't in other parts of the united states well i played 12 inch softball though yeah. 16 inches really the chicago right but i just mean that... because it it exists in that way in chicago the 16 inch softball versus 12 it it carries a different sort of uh just like uh aura around it like be well, because it exists as that not sport. as maligned <clears throat> that's what i'm trying to get because at. like big big burly men right um like a lot of uh and i'm like like there are like cop teams that play, no, I've, that I've play like them. 16 inch softball yeah yeah um, i stay and, as far away as possible and you play <laughs> and you play with no mitts yeah. for anybody who um or gloves which mm -hmm. is what you call them i but prefer gloves for some reason when in chicago yeah, I, I just grew up calling it a mitt um but yeah. i think i used to also but i've just noticed everybody refers to them as gloves because they're like growing up cool people because well, yeah. it's a catcher's mitt and a 
the rest of the field is a glove. Anyway, well, you I play don't know. a sixteen-inch softball just catching it with your hands, and usually have a bunch of broken fingers and <laughs> sure. are like a rough and tumble dude. Like actually, yeah, women yeah. don't really play sixteen-inch softball. It's like right. very uh, lots of tackling male, at second base, male-dominated yeah, yeah. sport. So then, male-dominated recreational <laughs> sport. <laughs> right. Saturday afternoon. Yeah, there's sport. a lot of like beer leagues, but yeah, yeah. it's for like people that played. Um, like my uncle plays mm-hmm. 16 inch softball. My uncle, who you know, who's a giant yeah, man, who a large person, was a pitcher, a baseball pitcher in mm. college. You know, I didn't know that. Yeah, he pitched for Xavier. Oh, I, um, I did not know that. Yeah. And so he, like, when he stopped being a baseball pitcher, mm-hmm. he started playing 16 inch softball. So it's, so anyway, yeah, softball has a little bit of a different cachet. Although, um, I don't know 12 inch as, as much, but still different. No, but, like men yeah. will still play 12 inch softball in like beer leagues. Yeah, it's trickle down softball economics is what we're talking about. <laughs> exactly. Because it exists in a male form. Yeah. The female form is like slightly less derided right. in terms of <laughs> its standing. Because I like I don't think I remember the little league where I grew up, girls played in the little league, um, but then they just got kicked out at like age 12 or whatever right and they had to just like go find a softball because i don't think my neighborhood even had a softball league i i do know that i had friends that played but i don't know where they played i went to like one game that's funny it was actually huge in my town there were three teams i'm sure there i was. literally remember what they were called but, but you know what's also crazy is that in akron softball itself is actually huge like we mm. have a softball league there and a like a beautiful state like a softball stadium um, the Akron Bandits are like super popular and like just a huge like a lot of those players play on the Olympic team, which is wild. Anyway, so you were saying CYO is that what you said? Yeah, Catholic Youth Organization. So is I never what we had an Akron. Yeah, that. we didn't have that because I went to a Catholic school. Right, you played for the Catholic school. Right, um, and there wasn't. But a- this is what CYO was. It was the Catholic Youth Organization, which was like its own governing body of is all it, the Catholic schools in Akron, Ohio. Is it during the school year? It was all year round. So like oh. the basketball league that I played in was CYO and all the Catholic schools belonged to CYO and you didn't play you public schools. in the summer for your school? For softball, for yes. like a, for, for like, or like summer, a church? Yeah, yeah, Well, that's, that's, that's different from where I grew up and the reason I'm going to bring this up is because I went to Catholic school mm-hmm. my whole life, grade school, high school, college, and... Playing sports was actually like the only time that we got to hang out with kids who went to public school, right? Um, which was a very positive experience, actually, mm-hmm. because growing up Catholic for me was um, I really liked it, but it was also very restrictive. And you know, um, what do you mean? <laughs> sucked <laughs> in some other way. Like, it, like I liked it at the time, but it gave me some right. very wrong ideas about what the world was like. And so, in the summer, you'd get to play softball with. It was just the kids and the town and there were three softball teams the red hots the lightning and the wildcats and it was like a big deal which one you ended up on and they Mm -hmm. all played each other i was a wildcat my sister was a lightning yeah Uh, so yeah anyway red Um, hots the red hots were the like the coolest ones i was gonna say the red hots seem like they're probably (laughs) the coolest team like the rockford peaches (laughs) of the deal (laughs) well no the rockford peaches aren't they wouldn't you say they're technically like the underdogs no no, oh, they're no the, the racing they're bells the, were the underdogs. If we're talking about the film, oh no, you're we're right. not talking about the actual standings of the leagues okay, because yeah. it kind of went up and down in the leagues because of okay. course. But in the movie, if we're talking about the fictional, no, you're right, you're sl- right, <laughs> you're right, you're you're totally right. Nonfiction, fiction. Anyway, so Kit is the underdog. Another of the whole thing. <laughs> another thing that I want to say is that when I grew up again, so like it was harder to watch baseball on TV. It wasn't a really yes. fun sport to watch if you weren't aware of what was going on because mm-hmm. like. You really couldn't see the ball. Like, it's so different That's now. That's a really great point. Watching it. 
that's a really great point that I you, you you've brought this up before that I just hadn't really thought about because I grew up on uh, with with a baseline understanding of you know people around me watching the game and talking about it and whatever and so yes if you're just sort of wandering in the resolution does matter well and my dad you know would have grown up listening to cubs games on the radio and then when he was watching tv this is like oh my god <laughs> right of <laughs> i course. can see what's happening so like he used to also drive us around with cubs games on the radio but i feel like i had no attachment to what was happening mm -hmm. also through my dad's job um he would get a lot of sports tickets and so we would go to cubs games when i was a kid but um i didn't like love it also sure. wrigley field is <clears throat> a very I find it uh, can be a very stressful place. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> um, we've been there. <laughs> we used to go to the Crosstown Classic a lot. Yeah. So that's where well, the, that's the most stressful situation. <laughs> the White Sox. And would you always go to that at Wrigley? No. Did, sometimes you went to Comiskey. Comiskey too? Yeah. And it would just be, I, I just wasn't sure if somebody was going to fight my dad and right. if I was going to have to protect my dad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, it was just like not, even a couple years ago, um, Leading up to their World Series win, mm -hmm. I went to their what now? I don't. Yeah, I don't know I, what you're you probably don't remember what I'm talking about. But leading up to their World Series win, it was like two months prior to that. Um, my I went to the Cubs game. I went to a Cubs game with my mom and my dad. And leaving Wrigley Field, a, a guy came up to my mom and was like, "Yeah!" in her face mm -hmm. in a way that felt like they were on opposing teams right. but they were both wearing cubs hats both, both like, in cubs stuff like that's just yeah the vibe of that place so that also really and the like surrounding area too because i yeah i also lived in chicago for a little while and i took uh improv classes at io and that was right right down the street from wrigley field like four doors down or something right and yeah it was always the sketchiest and i used to whenever i would have classes I would be at work and I would, there is a website and I'm sure it still functions, which was, is there a Cubs game today? <laughs> and I would check that and be like, prepare, trying to prepare myself to ride my bike over there to be like, oh my God, I'm going to get hit with something. This isn't, you know, I love Chicago sports fans, but my problem with it is that the machismo that goes along with sure. sports, when you add the heavy duty drinking culture of the Midwest, mm -hmm. it just like legitimate safety issues can happen oh absolutely very quickly and it's and i i hate that part about sports i 100 percent. i like about professional sports that's totally like not why i'm there yeah. i do not want to see i actually want to watch the game fight. that's happening i don't like you know i don't care about whatever you go you're bringing into this and, absolutely um even if that's like 10 percent of the people that are there it just like sucks. I hate. I hate oh, that yeah. thing. You always end up sitting by that ten percent of the people there. Well, in Wrigley <laughs> Field, so you can't not because yeah. it's 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 so the tiny. original footprint. So like yeah. the seats are very small. Um, I took my dad to a game there last year, as like a, I don't know, a celebration of making a TV show and. Mm -hmm. Um, oh, our television show, Take My Wife, yes. which both seasons one and two are now available on iTunes, Google Play, and Amazon. Yes, you mean, that's and what it will was. be streaming on Stars on uh, May 1st? Yes. That I, television I show? I wanted to do something nice for my... Well, actually, I had a really cool weekend where um, I was supposed to host an event that was honoring Lily Tomlin. Oh, that's cool. That was in Detroit, so they let me bring a guest, and they flew my mom up there, so I went... And introduced my mom to Lily Tomlin, which was amazing. Lily Tomlin told my mom I was funny. That was a wonderful moment. And that's then, like, great. Then... The next night, I took my dad to a Cubs game, and we sat really close. But even the super close seats at Wrigley Field are like 
the tiniest chair possible mm-hmm. with a t- thin tortilla uh, of padding on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just like an old stadium. Yeah. Um. Anyway, it was a wonderful going and seeing the Cubs after going through the whole 2016 and 2017 seasons being a fan. It was like, and it was very different to be able to be there with my dad and sit up really, sit really close. And he had like never sat in such good seats. Oh, yeah. Even when he was a little kid and used to like ditch school to Mm -hmm. go down there for day games, which nobody was at. um, Right. Because they didn't play at night. Because they didn't have lights yet. (laughs) Yeah. So it was really rad to be able to do that for him. Yeah. And see um, all of the haircuts up close. (laughs) (laughs) Who had the best haircut? Um, I mean, I think like everybody looked really great, but Javi Baez had, he had the, he like, have the beads, he had the extensions at the yeah. time. Mm-hmm. That was really fun. I mean, that's just a, that's just a real haircut. <laughs> <laughs> so we got into playing catch on the road. How have you liked that playing catch as with a, with a wife and partner? I think that, well, similar to us just watching baseball together. Mm-hmm. After you started and then it was just on all the time and the resolution <laughs> all, all was very good and yeah. I could understand what was happening. And right. You took the time to explain to me a lot of things. And um, and also I would um, say there was a moment when we went, I think, to a Dodger game and we had watched. I was like, you have to. OK, we've watched a bunch of games. You were kind of getting into her into it. You were still a little bored in the, you know, like middle innings when stuff's not really happening in a typical game. And I was like, okay, let's watch Bull Durham. <laughs> and we watched Bull Durham. And then the next time we went to a game, we were sitting there um, on the first base side, like in a field seat, uh, but not super close. And there was just like nothing going on in the game. And I remember you just kind of looking around and you were like, I get it now. <laughs> yeah, I, I think <laughs> I think Bull Durham did help. <laughs> yeah. um, right. I mean, I... It is a really interesting sport. I just wasn't following the logic of everything that was going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I also have loved watching, like, understanding a little bit, again, using Bull Durham, like, understanding mm-hmm. what the catcher is doing. Like, that's right. really interesting. And where we usually sit at Dodger Stadium, we're, like, pretty close to that person um, mm-hmm. because we usually sit, like, behind home plate. Even if, loge. even if we're not super close, um, you're still pretty close. And also going to Dodger Stadium had a different vibe than what I was talking about at Wrigley because LA is just not a drinking city the same way. So certainly there are people drinking at the game, but Absolutely. I just like wasn't as afraid for my sure. safety. Right. So that made it Because we weren't like sitting in the bleachers of a Giants game necessarily. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> Where um, in those games you're like, mm, I feel a little sketched. Yeah. I mean, we did see a fight, that Marlins game that was oh, absolutely. two seasons ago or once. I can't even remember when that was but that was crazy when the all the benches and the bullpens but see, then you're, you see that and you're like out. oh my god this is amazing yeah, <laughs> I'm, that's I'm getting an extra chow <laughs> i mean this is like an asshole thing to say but i don't sure. care if the players fight right i just don't i don't want to get punched in the face by somebody I yeah mean, i totally. also think like as a queer person um yes it's a place that you know again if it has like that uh vibe of like i might get punched in the face then anything that makes you different right will put you in that zone even more so like again in my tw- or 20s and i'm living in chicago i wasn't going to a ton of cubs games because i was like 
you know, there's a little bit of a natural tension between Wrigleyville, which is where Wrigley Field is, and the neighborhood right next door is Boys Town. They mm-hmm. literally butt up against each other, <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, they are, so you, you sometimes have to park in Boys Town to walk to Wrigley Field, and right. Boys Town is the gay neighborhood. And I remember going to games there as a kid and like hearing gay slurs from folks, from Cubs fans that were walking through you know, past gay bars where there was like a drag queen or where there's just like a dude standing outside smoking, you know, <laughs> right, like, and yeah. they're uh, yelling a gay slur. Or me standing outside. So, you know, like right. Yeah. yeah. So again, this isn't, this is just like, not all spaces feel comfortable for me mm-hmm. all the time as a woman and as like a tiny gay person like i don't feel like i can always (laughs) defend myself oh yeah um i mean i feel the same way i go to a ton of games and sometimes i even go by myself to a game and usually i'm like well i don't have to go i'll just not go to the bathroom (laughs) because like it's you know going to the bathroom at uh even dodger stadium you know out on the west coast where everybody everyone is open-minded and that's in quotes um it's still like sketchy and weird like i just never know you know And I'm like just trying to sit there (laughs) and watch a game, you know? I think that one thing that I, that also made me able to love, (laughs) like get in and love baseball is that is seeing teams um, embrace their queer fans. Mm -hmm. Like we, we went to the Dodgers, um, whatever it's called, like gay night. I think it's LGBT night. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We went to that and then you threw out a first pitch. Oakland had Mm -hmm. us, the athletics flew us up there so that we could go to that stadium and it was so cool. Which they were one of the first teams to really do that. Well, you know who is the first team? The Chicago Cubs. They have the longest running, but theirs is also independently organized Mm -hmm. um, by a group called Out at Wrigley. Um, But anyway, I mean, I, I think that what I would hope for this sport is that they would push the boundaries of inclusivity because they have a chance to do that as much as any sport. Like there Absolutely. are people from a lot of different countries on mm-hmm. the teams. Um, There's and there definitely are people that gay speak players on the teams and they're just not out, you know? <laughs> yeah. But even just like the demographics, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. in terms of uh, representation, it's a sport that has a lot of different types of people in it. I mean, just the fact that they have, like, both Japanese players and players from Puerto Rico and players from, you know, whatever, like, Kentucky. Yeah. (laughs) Like, the the fact that they have all of those people on the same team, um, you know, continue your push toward getting folks in because, like, this is a community event and it feels good to be at Dodger Stadium to me. So I want to feel even better. Yeah, absolutely. So that I can give you your money. I mean, give you my money. <laughs> give, give you your money. I'll give you your money. But this is all a very long way of saying. Yeah, of course. <laughs> that uh, I love playing catch with you. Because yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun on the road, too, because we get to, like, slow down a minute, focus yeah. and focus on something else, you know, be a little active, be outside. It's also one of the most portable sports. Oh, because yeah. Because you don't need like a hoop or a goal mm-hmm. um in terms of like luggage based travel yeah which we do a lot like you can just throw a ball and a glove small and, a, yeah. and the glove is collapsible although so, the tsa is sometimes like what is this <laughs> they don't know what a baseball is and then i have to explain to them what a baseball is which is why i started this podcast yeah they, I, I just give them copies of this on cassette for them <laughs> to listen to real quick while i'm going through the tsa line well, it's something that keeps me um, also connected to you because it's just something we're working on together that has nothing to do with our relationship. It has nothing yeah. to do with a job. It's just we're working on like being in sync physically. And yeah. that's such a cool 
uh, thing to add to any relationship. I would recommend getting <laughs> gloves and yeah. baseballs and going outside and, and just or softballs, whichever one that. you want to do. Right, whichever one you're, you're going to need a bigger with. glove. You're, yeah, you are going to need a much bigger glove. Um, so this season, are you going to stay a Cubs fan or have you gone fully into Dodgers fandom with me? Because I feel like we we were going to Dodger games because it's close and also like just enjoying that stadium. And then last season, I think we like kind of, uh, you know, fell in love with some of the players. Oh yeah. Just like over the course of like uh, a lot of them. In fact, um, especially Kike Hernandez wearing those Lululemon pants on LGBT. He knows the best butter says bread. That's for sure. But I mean, also (laughs) like, well, you and I had this incredible experience where through, um, a business connection of mine we got like third row seats yes. to the dodgers and like seeing yasiel puig's body I, up close yeah i just was one of the most amazing things i've ever seen um, i just can't even explain the I wild do, horse i do really like this team i will tell you also i don't see this from every team what i like about the dodgers is that they like they seem like they're having fun mm-hmm. and that they like each other. And again, if what I don't like in sports is like aggression that starts to get to the point of like scary, you oh, know, yeah. like I don't see that as much from the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Um, I also didn't see that as much from the Cubs. So that's why I was able to get back in. Sure. Um, like the actual players. Mm-hmm. But um I do love this team. And we also had such an amazing experience last year of going to so many games that I just feel like I know a lot about the Dodgers. Like, I want to go to spring training. I, I want to uh, yeah. be there. I want to hang these. out there. Yeah, <laughs> like get season tickets. <laughs> I just, I mean, it's it's a fun thing to do with you because it's yeah. the only thing that we have, it's the only thing that we do that we started doing together. Yeah, totally. Just going to the Dodgers. Like, yeah. that was our that thing. That isn't a job. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that that isn't yeah an interview or a show or something. and also isn't like something we do separately that the other one joins like it's yeah. like we we went together from the first games totally that we were going yeah and we yes absolutely. so it means a lot to me because it's a thing that we're both investing time in and it's fun to uh, not be on opposing sides of the scoreboard <laughs> I would say that's what I really like about going to Dodger games with you is that we're both cheering for the same team absolutely which is fun I'm not like cranky with my arms folded and so mad. <laughs> No, you're, I mean, you're not so mad, but I did have, again, the amazing opportunity to go to, I went to two, two World Series in a row. I went to yeah. see Oh, yeah, that's Cleveland the other thing I was going to ask Chicago you about. Chicago with you. We went to two games. Um, and then I went to go see the Dodgers play with our friend Andrew Orvidal. And it was the game where <laughs> there were eight home runs. <laughs> it's just bonkers. And you were filming Two Dope Queens, which I was. is a very cool thing for very, you to be very doing. Cool thing really to glad do. you're on HBO. I was recording my podcast on the road, likely mad as hell. So <laughs> cross-reference to that if you want to. But I couldn't believe I was there that, that yeah. night. I kept, you asked for a program. So I <laughs> left my seat. I'm sorry. Uh, and I think there were like three home runs scored while I was... <laughs> Three home runs hit while I was waiting in line. Nice, <laughs> nice correction. I don't know why that scored. That's okay. Uh, but yeah, it was nuts. All right, I can't believe you got to be there. I did see some like video of you guys just being like, y- your faces were just like, what is happening? Well, what are we watching Andrew right kept, now? Andrew kept saying, um, he just started saying like, if the Dodgers <laughs> hit a home, if any, and if this he guy would say, I can't remember who it was that hit the first one, but wasn't um, it Jack? Yes. Yeah. He was like, if Jack Peterson hits a home run right here, I will like shave 33. Is that his number? No, no, no. 
I think it went, if Corey Seager hits a home run right here, I will shave his number in the back of my head. Right. And then he did. So then he was getting five, <laughs> shaved in the back of his head. Five. And yes. then he was like, if Jock Peterson hits a home run right here, I'm going to get his jersey. And then he sent us a picture of his right, jersey right. because that's Jock Peterson at home run. 31 is Jock Peterson's number. Oh, man, I was close. You were close. Um, But yeah, anyway. He kept saying things and then people kept hitting home runs. I think he, I can't remember what the final thing he was going to do. Like drop a piece of popcorn on the floor, eat it. And then <laughs> like at Dodger Stadium, <laughs> that's that so is weird. Like, disgusting. don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm going to ask you one question, and then uh, we'll get out of here, because this has been a lovely conversation. So, if you had to pick one, who is your favorite player going into the 2018 baseball Ooh. season? Ooh, wow. Um, I mean, we already brought him up, but I am going to say that I love watching Kike Hernandez play, mm-hmm. and I also think he seems... Like and please don't prove me wrong. Like <laughs> he know. seems like a like a good guy. Like yeah. he seems like fun and yeah. nice. And um, what I love about him is that he just does not get a lot of credit. Like he no. is a utility. He is he's doing everything. He's done with, everything but catch and pitch. Yeah, and with no, I mean, he was playing really well in the World Series and then just like didn't come back in. Like it was like I know. He, I know. He, they made him bunt. He gets. Uh, they made him bunt, Cameron. No credit. Still seems to get, keep a positive. I mean, no credit. He's in the. He like plays in the MLB for the Dodgers. Like sure, I'm sure yeah. his life is okay. But but he doesn't. But when get people it. are like the Dodgers, they don't. I don't think a, a random person thinking who's not a Dodger fan it right. goes like Kike Hernandez. Like I think right. you know it's Bellinger, Seager. Yeah, and I mean I also like JT. Like there's a lot of Dodgers sure. that I really like watching. But what I love about Kike is that he somehow like seems to be having the best time um and playing very well pretty consistently mm-hmm. and without a ton of like star credit absolutely that's a great pick cameron do you have anything you want to plug on our podcast just um our television show take my wife yep and our other podcast put your hands together which is you and me doing stand-up together oh yeah yeah and folks mm-hmm. could come see it here in the in los angeles at the ucb theater on tuesday nights the franklin one yeah which is tonight actually oh my god the actual day we're last recording night. it yeah yeah last night but i'm sure it was a great show oh does this come out tomorrow it comes out tomorrow oh man we were so funny last night which is really today yeah Today is tomorrow. So, tomorrow's yeah. today. Uh, awesome. Cameron Esposito, thanks so much for being on my little baseball podcast. Thanks for having me. I hope I sounded like I know something about sports. I think you did. I mean, you called Kike Hernandez a super utility, so I feel like you're <laughs> nailing it. But then I was like, they got a bunch of hits. And I, they hit. They, so they scored, scored a bunch home of runs. home runs. But then you corrected yourself. Rhea, I'm not a perfect you, man. I know, but I'll give you time to correct yourself. Also, like, who gives a shit? Did a lot you of say people. score points? You did not. So, like, that's a big one. I'm they, not going to make you explain the infield fly care. rule. I don't care. <laughs> I've seen you watch a baseball game. You enjoy it a lot. And you pay attention and you know things. So, who cares? Gatekeepers trying to keep me from being considered a baseball fan. <laughs> a baseball gate. Yeah. Classic <laughs> baseball gate. Thanks, Cameron. Thank you, Rhea. What a wonderful interview. Thanks again to Cameron Esposito for making time and her very difficult schedule to come talk to me, her wife. (laughs) I love that person. You can check her out on Twitter and stuff like that. She's awesome. Um, This has been a great episode. There was yelling, there was crying, there was coughing. There was all kinds of stuff. Um, Please follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Rhea Butcher, R-H-E-A-B-U-T-C-H-E-R. Also, follow Three Swings Pod on Twitter and Instagram 
at Three Swings Pod. We're also on Facebook. Just use us as you just use it like Google. You understand? Um, and then again, rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. That helps us out a lot. And also, you know, on Spotify, Stitcher, all that stuff. Um, and then next week, I'm real excited because number one, I'm going to get my, all my fantasy draft uh, butterflies out of the way. And we have a wonderful guest. Jen Mac Ramos on the show. I'm very excited to have them. Cannot wait to talk baseball with them. Hardball talk. We'll be back next week. This was Three Swings, and if you liked it, you liked it. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.